Welcome to New Teacher Talk. My name is Jamila Wright, and I'm a teacher educator at William Patterson University in New Jersey. You'll find me on page 153 in the New Teacher's Guide, talking about promoting family involvement. Today, however, I'm going to talk about multicultural education and students as curriculum. In addition to the New Teacher's Guide, another book you'll want to add to your professional bookshelf is Unstandardizing Curriculum by Christine Sleeter and Judith Flores Carmona. It's an excellent complementary text to Chapter 3, Culturally Responsive Teaching, and Chapter 6, English Learners and the New Teacher's Guide. It is also the inspiration for the title of this episode, Students as Curriculum. That was the chapter. It really resonated with me. So before I unpack that, let's talk about multicultural education. Slater describes multicultural education as learning to work with multiple perspectives, multiple frames of reference, and multiple funds of knowledge. All of these are at the heart of multicultural curriculum design. The roots of multicultural education grew out of the civil rights movement. Following Brown versus the Board of Education, community leaders began demanding that curriculum reflect students' communities and that teaching mindsets and practices shift to acknowledging the worth of all learners. Culture and language differences are affirmed as strength and challenges the deficit mindset. Women's rights movement, the disability movement, gay, lesbian movement all further challenge the ideas of what normal is. Additionally, multicultural education aligns with John Dewey's ideas about tapping into and building upon the experience of the learner. The purpose of multicultural curriculum is to create equity, to recognize and address marginalization, and to embrace difference. According to Sleater and Carmona, the most effective teachers continually work to get to know their students both in and out of school in order to build new learning on what they actually know or find interesting. Effective teachers are able to incorporate language skills, problem-solving abilities, and social experience into all activities. Effective and culturally responsive teachers are able to create learning environments that respectfully reflect each child's home culture while inviting children to accept and to explore cultures that are unfamiliar to them. Young learners need teachers who are able to teach them the way that they learn. Teachers who will help them learn to navigate and be successful in a multicultural and multilingual society and who can embrace the languages, knowledges, and experiences that they bring into the classroom with them. According to Gloria Latson-Billings, culturally relevant teachers utilize students' culture as a vehicle for learning. So students need teachers who are able to meet them where they are academically and socially and who will help them reach new levels of academic and social success. Multicultural education is a valuable resource for educating students for active participation in a multicultural society. According to James Banks, modifying curriculum across the content areas to include ethnic studies benefits all student populations. The purpose of school is to serve the community, then it needs to have the best interests of the students and their families in mind when developing the curriculum. Anything created without the feedback and the input of the people that's supposed to serve is not created for those people. Schools and the teachers within them must mine the rich resources and the funds of knowledge represented in their classrooms and in the community and weave them into the daily classroom teaching and learning. 
So as teachers, you might want to reach out to some of the community resources, stakeholders, because they are often receptive to sharing about the community's culture and the assets and upcoming local events. Unfortunately, research has found that teachers rarely draw on the resources or the funds of knowledge of the children outside of the context of the classroom. When students are the curriculum, teachers have to open up what counts as knowledge. They have to learn from multiple perspectives, tap into the culture, into the language, into the home lives of the students, and create meaningful learning for the students and to view all students as rich resources. The most effective teachers continually work to get to know their students, not just the first day of school, not just the first week, not just the first month. It is ongoing. It is daily. And we're using this to develop and construct learning opportunities. And not only knowing the students within the classroom context, but what are their interests outside of school? And we're going to use this to build new learning. You know, what do the students already know? And what do they find interesting? All of this, we're going to put it all together and build learning experiences for our students. Many youth and children do not know their history, genealogy, or family stories. It is important and essential for familial and communal contributions to be acknowledged, recognized, and preserved. Getting to know the students and their communities, however, can be threatening for some, especially if you are not of the same race or tongue of the students that you're teaching. That can be pretty threatening. The teachers need to have a secure sense of their own identity so as to not feel threatened when students or parents say what they're honestly thinking. Let's try an exercise to help you reflect on your own identity. Take a moment to reflect on these questions that I'm about to pose. And the answers to these questions can inform your teaching philosophy and help you in developing a multicultural state of mind and curriculum. So first question, who are you? Who are you? And what do you know about your family history? And how does your positionality inform your epistemologies and your pedagogy? How does your positionality, who you are, what you are, where you live, how you grew up, inform what you know? and what you teach. So Sleater contends that educators need to reflect on their own ideologies, your prior life experiences, your culture, your first families, your identities, as well as your teaching understandings and practices. All of that is going to impact what you bring into the classroom, how you interact with your students, how you develop your curriculum, how you assess your students. So, you know, being firmly rooted in your identity Asking yourself these questions, I think, will help you then be able to look at your students and ask some of those same questions. Who are they? What do you know about their family history? And then when designing a multicultural curriculum, frame student inquiry around central or big ideas. Examine the standards critically and use them reflectively. Be standards conscious, not standards driven. Sleater and Cremona state that in a standards conscious planning, the standards are a tool, but not the starting point. And they do not define the central organizing ideas and ideology of one's curriculum. Rather, the teacher first selects big ideas from a range of other sources, including transformative knowledge, students' interest, and teacher interest. Okay, so what you're interested in as a teacher counts too, but also what the students are interested in. 
and then the teacher maps the curriculum against the standards. Take a moment and jot down one or two big ideas that you would want to include in your curriculum. And then think about how you might take up these big ideas and develop um, a multicultural curriculum around them. And while you're doing that, I want to share a big idea, a whole like little project that happened at my school. It was it's about a space theme. And one of the teachers observed that her students were starting to express some interest in some space-related topics. And at the time, I was the head teacher. So she brought it to me. At first, I kind of brushed it off. And then after a while, I think I was sitting at my table looking at the books on my shelf. And I realized that I had a lot of space-related books as well. And I thought, you know what? She might be onto something. So at the next teen teacher meeting, we brought it up, you know, about possibly doing this. But the first step we wanted to do was to survey the students and see if they were interested in doing a, a theme on space. I need to point out that, you know, this is early childhood. So the kids are like, you know, right about to go to kindergarten brought it to the students, you know, we had nine different classrooms at the time. If the students were like, yeah, we want to learn about space, you know, and the teachers were excited. Like, we had never done a space theme. We had done zoo, we did grocery, we did family, but we never did a space theme before. So we were all excited about it. But one of the first things we did, because um, as a team of teachers, we got together and we started, you know, planning out, mapping out what this theme was going to be, getting the curriculum together. And we had to be mindful of our student, our student population at the school, predominantly Black with representation along the African diaspora. So, and then also some Latin students. And we know that representation matters. So we had to, when we're putting out the reading list, you know, we had to ensure that we had some culturally relevant literature and, and other media. So we were very intentional about finding resources that reflected what our students looked like, what they sounded like. And we knew that was uh, important to tell important and culturally diverse stories to help students make cultural connections. These connections make the content more salient to the learners who may struggle otherwise. So because, you know, we were doing space and because our student body is predominantly Black, we needed to tell some important stories about, you know, Black people in space. So, you know, we found the books on Mae Jemison and Katherine Johnson and Neil deGrasse Tyson. And we, you know, we incorporated that into the curriculum. But like I said, not only literature, but all other media. So also the, what kind of music were we going to play? What kind of videos were we going to play? One of my favorite, the kids really loved it, but I loved it even more. A little playlist that we found on YouTube that was space related. It's through Storybox. And it's like a, a whole little playlist of space related songs. You have the sun, you have the moon, you have the stars all singing, rapping, and all of that. And like we just really enjoyed it. I'm just going to play a little snippet here for you guys. From the scratch, from the beginning, I'm the center of the solar system. Planets be spinning around me, so hot, I'm losing your see. Now I got some light with the planet closest to me. Mercury, the smallest planet, smallest Earth's moon. I get super hot and cold, then it's been very slow. Venus, I got mountains and volcanoes and spray. I'm the same size as Earth, but in the opposite way. So this is before Gracie's Corner and Jules, you know, all those kind of hip hop learning stations that are on YouTube now. So when we came across the story about playlist, we were like super excited and then we played it for the kids and then they enjoyed it. And after that, you know, they're just like naming all the planets and telling us the order. 
So for them, it was meaningful because, you know, the, it was a story being told in a way that they understood. So in addition to the curriculum, you can't have curriculum without assessment, right? So we need to find multicultural assessment, bottom-up assessment planning. You know, teachers and students can, can construct the evaluation. You can use methods that evaluate content, not just the student's skills. You can use a variety of assessments rather than a single measurement of learning. And you can use results to inform and improve what you teach and how you teach it. And one of the assessments, I guess, that I used, you know, as the head teacher at the time was, you know, student engagement, because this was our first time implementing this space theme for the students. And one of the things that, you know, I didn't initially plan, it just so it happened after the fact, is that we were using Class Dojo, which is a parent-teacher communication tool. And it is used by the teachers to inform parents about student behavior and classroom activity. And on a whim, I, you know, just looking at it, and I realized that Prior to the teachers implementing the space theme, student engagement based on teacher use of Class Dojo was low. You know, they weren't sending as many pictures home to the parents, anything like that. But then I noticed that during the implementation of the space theme, student engagement based on teacher use of Class Dojo increased dramatically. All of a sudden, the teachers were sending home more things. So not only did student engagement increase, but the teacher connection communication with the family increased. So for example, there was an increase in positive feedback regarding student skills. There was an increase in the pictures of students and classroom activity being posted for the parents to view. Um, there was an increase in student skills acknowledged by the teachers all during the space thing. So I felt like it was a win-win-win for the students, for the families, and for the teachers. So your takeaway, I want to encourage you to develop an action plan. How will you use your students as curriculum? In what ways will you get to know your students? How will you incorporate their interests, their ways of being, and ways of knowing into the curriculum? Thank you for listening. I hope you become a regular follower of this podcast channel. And remember, as a new teacher, we are here to help you.